You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. This is Fired Up Browns Podcast with your host, Daniel Garrett. The first episode of the Fired Up Browns Podcast on the Fired Up Podcast Network. Today, going to be going over the Browns all season, going over signings, the draft, who they released, and where the players that they did not re-sign went. So, let's get into it. So first, let's go over who they lost in the offseason. Going to start out with Olivier Vernon, who they released, has an Achilles tear. He'll be back somewhere late in the season. He remains unsigned. Probably won't be going anywhere for a while. Going to have to wait out, see how that heals, and then most likely going to try to sign with a contender for a cheap contract. So the possibility remains, if the Browns are still in contention late in the season, maybe need an extra boost at pass rusher, Tack McKinley didn't work out. We'll get to that later, but Tack McKinley didn't work out. Olivier Vernon's out there. He's on the market. There's a chance he might come back or, you know, could go to another team, could go give a team like the Chiefs a little little extra pressure, give the Bucks, let's say Bucks have an injury. Some team like that could be an injury replacement. Valuable player if he can get back to his healthy state. But that's a big if coming off an Achilles injury. Older guy, don't know how he's going to heal. Next is BJ Goodson, starting Mike for us last year. Was a solid veteran player, but not someone we necessarily want to be keeping around, especially with how improved our linebacker core is. He most likely wouldn't even make the roster, at least the active roster. Like I said, good veteran presence, good against the run. Does not provide a whole lot as a run defender. I mean, as a pass defender, my bad. As a pass defender there, he's not good in coverage. So, we upgraded, we replaced him. Anthony Walker is a better player than him at this point. Anthony Walker is the better player. So, we got a good upgrade there. We'll get to Walker later. Next up, Carl Joseph in our release. Signed with the Raiders. Went back. We only had him for a year. He was with the Raiders before. Raiders have a deep safety core. I don't even know. He, he'll he probably make the team. They went out. They wanted to get him. But they have a lot of safeties. They drafted three. They have a heavy investment there before. He'll probably make the team, but like won't contribute a lot. With what we have, he would be fighting for end of the roster, if anything. Would have to be a major special teams contributor probably wouldn't be very useful for us so no big deal losing him there next Andrew Sandeo another released not signed anywhere obvious reasons 
Now last year, got a lot of hate for Andrew Sandejo. Sandejo can be good in the right role. And good is a relative term here. As a fourth, fifth safety, maybe play a little special teams. I know he's an older guy, but play a little special teams. Be up more towards the line of scrimmage. He isn't awful. He's he's able to make a contribution to the team, but we've moved on past the point of needing Sandejo. Sandejo is not a player that we necessarily need here anymore. So, get rid of him. Upgrade. We upgraded. A lot of these positions, we have upgraded. Adrian Claiborne, our player. We release him for he was making a good amount of money. A little less than Tech McKinley is, I believe. We'll get to him later, but a little less than that. But we free up a good, decent amount of money for a guy that at best would have been edge four if he can beat out Porter Gustin. Would have been edge four if that. So edge four, edge five. And then we also have Curtis Weaver competing in there as well. Could very well have not even made the roster. Release them early, get the salary cap savings. Very good move there. Kendall Lom, offensive tackle, was our seventh tackle. Played a bit last year. We had some injuries. Always going to have some injuries on the offensive line. It's very, very rare that you can go through a full season without missing anyone on your offensive line. It just does not happen. So... He went to Tennessee. Going to be able to maybe be their right tackle for a bit. Most likely going to be a sixth tackle. Here he wouldn't have even been that. We have Hubbard. We drafted in our tackle to replace him. Um, It's not a big deal that we lost him. Nothing major there. Next, we go to Terrence Mitchell, cornerback. Houston started the last year for us. Very, very good depth corner. But we're at the point where we don't necessarily need to be spending that kind of money for a depth corner. We drafted another corner to replace him. We still have Greedy Williams. We're hoping he can be healthy. That's the big if. I would still like to get another veteran corner like Mitchell, but it's not the biggest loss in the world. It's still, you know... He's a valuable player for his role. He was asked to play a bigger role than what you want him playing. Which, again, not ideal role for him. But in the role that we would have him in this year, would have been a good player to have. But it's not the biggest loss. These are corners that you can get in free agency late in the year. There are still corners that can fill that same role just as well available. And there may be even bigger name corners that are just a little older or haven't performed as well as what was expected of them and are now performing at the level of a Terrence Mitchell because they disappointed. But we can still get that same level of play out of guys that are still available if the Browns feel the need to add that depth piece behind a Greedy Williams, behind Denzel Ward, who's played 12, 13 games every year, been a very consistent player, missed a few games every year, and you still want that player to be able to fill in, which, if it were me, I would be signing a veteran corner. So, 
this is probably the biggest loss we've had of all the ones I've went over. Obviously, Olivier Vernon, more valuable player, but he's injured. So, this is the biggest loss for the majority of the season so far that we went over. But again, not the end of the world. Kevin Johnson, nickel corner, went to Tennessee. Was a good coverage corner. Did not provide much in terms of run support. Wasn't even like the best coverage corner. Like he was fine. He was a fine nickel player. He was a player where if you would have said we had to trade assets to go get a player to upgrade there. You would have probably said no. You you don't necessarily need that upgrade. You can get by. But instead, the Browns went out, signed in free agency, an upgrade, we'll go over later, an upgrade, to make a weakness a strength. You can get by with Kevin Johnson, but we were able to upgrade and make weakness a strength. Tavier Thomas signed with Houston, depth corner, no big deal. We drafted a corner, drafted a young corner. We have plenty of young corners. We have A.J. Green on our practice squad, feel like he can be a Similar caliber player if we need him. We had players get experience. We are fine at the depth corner position outside of really that outside third corner. Well, fourth corner. We have a lot of guys that you're like, hey, if they're your last corner on the squad, on the active roster there, contribute on special teams, that's fine. We don't necessarily have that like really good veteran outside corner as a backup if there are injuries. But as a depth guy, losing Tavier Thomas does not matter. We got players that, hey, they might end up being Baron Tavier Thomas. We'll have to see. Give him a little opportunity like we gave Tavier Thomas, which was just absurd that he was getting any opportunity. He's not a good player, so it's nothing. And then last but not least, Larry Ogunjobi. You don't want him playing as a nose. You don't want him playing as a one-tech. He was playing as a one-tech. You can't have that. We needed Billings. Opted out because of COVID. Wasn't there last year. Ideally, Okunjobi plays a three-tech next to Billings. Instead, we get Richardson as the three-tech next to Okunjobi. Didn't work out great. So, we let Okunjobi go. Okunjobi got big money. Big money from Cincinnati. Money that he was not worth to the Browns. Because the Browns got a shorter term, older player in Malik Jackson that can replace him, provide similar value. Maybe not quite as good against the run. Probably a little better against the pass. Obviously the Browns are valuing that pass rush at the defensive tackle position a little bit more. In free agency, because they went out and they drafted a run-stopping defensive tackle. They were able to go out and find the guy that could fill in as a run-stopper, which Ogunjobi wasn't even a run-stopper. He's just better than Jackson. It's not that he's good at it. It's just that he's better than the player that we brought in to replace him. Brought in a little more pass rush. Pass rush is a bit more valuable. But if you can get both, great. Neither of them provide both, really. 
It's just a matter of where you want the levels, the split to be there for him. So he's the best player we lost this offseason. Maybe Vernon, but Vernon was an inevitability the second he tore his Achilles. That was happening right away. We went into the offseason. We weren't sure about the rest of these guys, the Goodsons, the Josephs, the Claibornes, the Ogunjobis, the Mitchells, and the Johnsons. The rest of those guys that I mentioned, the Lom, Sandejo, Thomas, Vernon, we all knew they were gone. Goodson, probably gone. The rest of them, it wasn't a certainty, but a lot of them were moves that we expected because we wanted to upgrade at those positions. So, what did we do? We went out. And we upgraded those positions. So overall, nothing major lost in the Browns offseason. Next, we're going to go to a couple guys that, well, four guys actually here that, uh, three of them don't think anyone even knew was on the roster. Um, Drake Dorbick, some of, some people, some of the very, very hardcore fans may have known he was on the roster, but even that's doubtful. It was... Not an important player. He was released. Trayvon Young, defensive end, released. Matt McCrane, kicker, released. And Connor Davis, tight end, released. So, have those. Waiver claims. Chase McLaughlin, kicker. Gonna come in. He'll compete to be the kicker? Like, the likelihood that he beats out Parkey is very low. We gave Parkey a one-year deal like we always do. But he's slated to make $1.21 million. He's probably going to be on the team. He's probably going to be the kicker. So, just a competition thing. And then, fifth-year options had two first-round picks in 2018 draft. I exercised the fifth-year options on both. Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, picks one and four. Players that we've been very happy with. We are hoping we can extend. Money is going to be a little tight. Going to have to make some choices here in terms of who we extend. But we got them for that fifth year. So we have two more years left of them. Probably going to be looking at next year's year. We got to get their contract extensions done. We also got Teller. We got Nick Chubb. All these guys got to get their contract extensions done. That's all coming up. But we got two years on Mayfield and Ward. Got one year left of Chubb and Teller. So Chubb and Teller probably coming first, but you probably want to get Mayfield in there so that way you know what that number is for the quarterback position. That's going to be the highest paid player on your team. You want to know how much you have to have for him. So that's the number one priority for the front office at this point. All right. Now, we're going into the signings. We'll start at the top. Start with the biggest free agent signings we have. John Johnson third Safety. Out of Los Angeles Rams. Well, coming from Los Angeles Rams. Signed a three-year, $33.75 million deal. So, what we had was the first time a player has taken less money to come to the Browns. This is a huge, huge deal. This is what we need. We need this to start happening. This is how you can build a real perennial contender. Having guys that want to play in Cleveland for less money than they could get elsewhere. Okay? 
This is the first time we have it. Deal is structured to where we have a lower first year hit. We have void years on the back end. So that means some of that signing bonus. That money gets moved onto the books, spread out evenly over five years instead of the three year contract. So let's say, let's just use an example if it was a $5 million signing bonus. Instead of that being, what, 1.33, I believe? No, 1.66 or something like that million over three years. Instead, you're going to do 1 million over three years of the contract and then 1 million each year over the next two years. That's how that works. That's how void years work in very basic terms. There's plenty of resources online to help you learn more about them, but that's very, very basic terms. All right. So Johnson, versatile, versatile safety. One best safeties in the league. People argue about it all day. Top tens stuff comes out all the time. People argue about where he is. He's somewhere in top ten. He is a top top safety. He's very young. Well, not very young, but mid twenties. Athletic, smart, physical, technically sound. Everything that you want in your first big time free agent signing. This is Andrew Barry's first big splash in free agency and he went out and got someone that is just solid very very solid he will not mess up he will play smart he called the defense for the rams last year he called defense that was what bj goodson did for us last year he called their defense he is a, everything you could want in a safety he can play out in the nickel he can play in the box he can play up at free safety, split zones, single high, whatever you want him to do. Do you want him playing single high most of the time? Probably not. That's probably his worst thing. But, like, he can do it. It's not a matter of if he can. It's a matter of how good he necessarily is at it. And he can get away with it. We have Grant Delpit to go do that. Grant Delpit can do that. That's why we drafted Grant Delpit in the second round last year. We have the guys now for a nice three-safety rotation, four plus the count. If you include him, he might play a little bit. Probably going to play a little bit. We're going to play a lot of three-safety looks. We're going to play a lot of three corners. We need a lot of DBs. Defensive backs are going to be very valuable to what we want to do. We want to get as few linebackers on the field as possible. And it helps if we can get them into passing situations early on. We want to get him into a passing situation, second and long, third and long. It helps us be able to get those linebackers off the field. But we can get him into any position. I believe he spent slightly, he spent the least amount of time last year in nickel. Then in the box and at free safety, we're very close, but... He had slightly more, I think it was like 50 to 100 more snaps as a free safety than he did as a box safety. So a little bit more out, but can play in the box. Going to be a perfect pairing with Ronnie Harrison there. Get Grant Delpit in there. Get LeCount in there. All very versatile, versatile guys. Next, we have Jadavian Clowney. Last played for Tennessee. Going to be that edge rusher opposite Garrett. We've been looking and looking and looking. To get a very, very good edge rusher opposite Garrett. Now, Vernon 
did pretty good. Not the best, though. He's not the best. He is good. He is solid. He is dependable. But not the best. Now, Clowney. Everyone's like... Everyone talks about sack numbers. Sack numbers matter. Getting sacks matter. But what Clowney does is he provides pressures, and he is great against the run. One of the best defensive ends against the run. He is going to be able to play inside or outside. We can line him up opposite Garrett. We can line him up inside of Garrett. We can line Garrett up inside of him. Provides us with a lot of versatility and mix and match. We're going to be able to go. We'll get to Tack McKinley later. We're going to be able to go with Tack McKinley and Miles Garrett outside rushing and get Malik Jackson, who we'll also get to later, and Jadavian Clowney inside on these obvious, obvious passing downs. We'll be able to get those guys rolling. That's going to be a ferocious pass rush. You'll still probably be able to, maybe, occasionally, double Garrett. But it's going to be a lot, lot less likely to occur. And I think that's the biggest thing this signing does. He helps our run defense, which was horrible last year. It was bad. It was really bad. (laughs) He helps us a lot there. And then he does get pressures. And, not to mention, he's going to be number two. He's not going to be number one. Now, I know last year he played opposite Harold Landry, got injured very early. Injuries are going to be a concern. But you're hoping for the health. You're hoping for the health with him. A lot of these guys, Tack McKinley, you're hoping for the health. Jadavian Clowney is a big health risk. So I'll pound that into everyone's head. He's a big health risk. If the health works out, huge, huge win getting him. One year, I believe $10 million, a lot of a lot of incentives there as well. It's a decent deal for a really, really good edge too. You can argue he isn't good enough to get by as an edge one because of the lack of sex. I would say he's definitely a top 32 defensive end in the NFL. Now, necessarily want him as your edge one without getting those sack production numbers no but he can provide the pressures he's going to get a lot better one-on-one looks with miles garrett there miles garrett gets doubled so much he's going to have one-on-one blocks going to be able to beat those something he can do and he'll get to the quarterback it's a very very good signing again got him a little later kind of got the pressure draft where hey the browns might draft somebody to get him to sign, got him to sign, got him in, got his physical done, cleared him, got him in the building before draft, so that way we didn't have to worry about that edge rusher position for this year. Troy Hill is our next signing here, four years, $24 million, same thing as John Johnson. We got a lower year one cap hit by adding a void year, just one void year at the end. Got him very, very cheap. In that first year, going to help us out a lot in terms of what we have for this year. Um, great nickel. Can play a little bit on the outside, but yeah, you're going to want him in nickel. And the Browns going to want to play a lot of nickel. 
a lot of time. So he's going to be on the field a lot. He's going to be on the field even more than you had Kevin Johnson on field last year. And he is a major upgrade from Kevin Johnson, from MJ Stewart in that spot. Major, major upgrade. He's going to help us out. Played in that Rams secondary, that dominant Rams secondary. John Johnson, Jalen Ramsey, he was that guy. He wasn't the best player. He won't be your best player. But he is, hopefully, our fourth best defensive back. Assuming you're greedy or Greg Newsom works out, you're hoping he's your fourth best. That's a secondary there that should be one top secondaries in the league if he's your fourth best. He can easily be most teams' second best defensive back. Again, little, little small. Don't necessarily want him outside all the time, but going to be great in the nickel for us. Going to be great in nickel. Again, turns a strength, turns a weakness into a strength. Next up, we have Tack McKinley. McKinley's the guy the Browns have been in love with. Browns love McKinley. Tried to claim him multiple times. Injury issues. Major, major injury issues. Production is lacking. But, great athlete. And the Browns love great athletes. It's going to be a theme. We love high-caliber athletes with high-caliber pedigrees. And we will bring them in and give them a shot. Does not matter. Anything else? Hey, we gave Curtis Weaver a shot as a waiver claim. Former high pick. Well, mid-round pick. Like, I was saying highest in like a, what was he, a fourth or fifth round pick? Like, decent pick. Not high, high. Tech McKinley was a very high pick. It's someone where that's a guy that the Browns desperately, desperately wanted. And they went out and got him. Now, one year... 4.25 million. He needs to be the edge three. He cannot be at that price anything less than edge three. He cannot have Porter Gustin being him out. He can't have Curtis Weaver being him out. He to earn that money, to be worth that four million dollars, he needs to be edge three. He needs to be productive. We want four sacks. That's it. Sack every fourth game. That's all you need, Tech. That's all you need. That's all we want out of you. We get four sacks out of you. We are happy. Million dollars a sack. That's what we're looking at. That's the kind of production we want. We want some more pressures. We want you to be decent against the run. You're Like I said earlier, you're going to be in those fast, fast, fast packages. Clowney and Malik Jackson inside. You and Garrett opposite sides. You're going to be getting so many single teams. You might even get some free rushes in there. You need to be able to convert. And the major thing is you... Need him to be healthy. Tack McKinley, biggest concern is health. Next up is Anthony Walker. Last played in India, he was Darius Leonard's running partner there at the linebacker. Got him on a one-year, $3.5 million deal. Veteran presence, replacing Goodson. A very, very good player. He is an upgrade. He is still more that downhill, in the box kind of guy. But he is a little bit better than Goodson in pass coverage. Not a huge upgrade, but an upgrade there. And he is better at what Goodson's good at, stopping the run. Going to fill, going to stack blocks. He's a very, very solid, dependable linebacker. The Browns want Jacob Phillips to work out. Jacob Phillips is going to work out 
at Mike. That's the only place he can work out. He's not going to be a Sam. Definitely not going to be a Will. We just drafted a Koromo. We drafted Fields. We'll get to them later. He's not going to be a Will like a lot of what he played last year. He's going to be a Mike. So, you're probably going to be having a lot of competition there. Walker can hopefully help Phillips out. He is a veteran. Very good, very experienced. So, Phillips will provide a higher pass coverage upside than Walker. That is what you are hoping to get out of Phillips, is that higher upside as a um, as a zone cover guy. Maybe even cover some tight ends and running backs and man. Unlikely, probably won't have to, being C is going to be the mic. But really, you want him out there to be your second linebacker in nickel. He's going to hopefully come off the field in dime. Hopefully we can have a Wusakorma out there. But Walker's going to be that steady presence where we don't have to worry about Phillips working out. Phillips doesn't work out, we're fine. We have Walker. We have a nice, solid, veteran presence. He is better than Phillips right now. He is better player than Phillips. So, will they give Phillips a little bit of run because he's a third-round pick? We like his upside? Probably. But he is the better player right now. When it comes crunch time, when it comes playoff time, he's going to be the one out there. He's going to be that Mike linebacker. He's going to be out there on base. He's going to be out there in nickel. Hopefully come off the field and dime. And that's where he's going to get his production at. He's going to be worth that one-year, $3.5 million deal. The only way he isn't worth that is if Jacob Phillips has a massive leap. And at that point, that $3.5 million does not really matter because we're still spending so little because Jacob Phillips is making a third-round pick salary. So, in total... No matter what, we're going to get decent value out of that Mike position. It's a matter of who's going to make it. Most likely going to be Walker. Possibility of Phillips. Next, we have Malik Jackson, one-year deal. Um, Jackson, good pass rusher. Going to start next to Billings. Going to be a very, very solid player next to Billings. Going to be able... To be, again, I keep saying this over and over. We're going to have that package. We're going to have Clowney and Jackson on the inside. We're going to have Garrett McKinley on the outside. It's going to be a very good pass rushing option there as your four linemen. He's going to be a good value for the Browns. Next, Malik McDowell. Defense tackle, one-year deal. High upside pick. Very low risk. Doesn't have guaranteed money. Plenty of talent. Plenty of talent. Second round pick, I believe. A couple years ago. A few years ago. All field issues. Injuries. Hasn't done anything. He's been out of the league. He was in jail. for Or prison. I forget which one. For nine months. Then he gets out. And he wants to play football again. We're giving him a chance. Unguaranteed deal. He has the talent. Where if he straightens everything else out. Everything else... Is settled. It's done. We don't have to worry about it. If that's the case, this can be a very good signing. I've seen he's gotten a few reps at end. 
He's gotten some reps at tackle. He can be a very versatile player. He can play up and down the line. It's a high, high, high upside signing. You hope it works out. Most likely. Dude's been out of football for a while. He's probably not going to work out. But you have you have the hope that he can because of how much talent he has. Next, Greg Sinet, tackle. Was on practice squad last year. Cowboys had that atrocious run of injuries with all their linemen. Signed him off the practice squad, played a bit for them last year. He's going to be in his fourth year, coming back to the Browns, probably going to be back on our practice squad, but going to be in there competing as a tackle, going to be like a ninth, tenth lineman. Hey, you know what? Someone, someone else has injury issues like Cowboys did last year where it's just depleted at tackle for them. Hey, they can go sign them, but, but... All that does gives him a little experience. If we keep bringing him back and he keeps getting experience, it's not hurting us. If he's on our practice squad, we want him there, obviously. We would rather have him on our practice squad than on another team's roster. But what you have is you have a guy with experience playing now. You have a guy that has experience being on a game day roster. Okay? Even if it's... No, not a lot of snaps. Doesn't matter. We he has the experience of being on the roster. We don't have to worry about him freaking out. Big big lights. There ain't bigger lights than being in Jerry World. There there is not bigger lights than that. So you know he's a dependable guy. We bring him back. Hopefully he sticks on our practice squad. That's the hope with him. Sheldon Day. Defensive tackle, previously on the Colts. I I would highly doubt he makes the team, but he was signed. Um, doubt he makes a team, like I said. It's unlikely. We'll have five, six defensive tackles, and the likelihood of him being above any of those guys, very, very low. Resignings. We had Rashard Higgins, wide receiver, Baker's favorite target. One year, $2.38 million, making a little bit more than he did last year. Was good for us last year, especially after the OBJ injury. After Odell went out, he was a very solid target. Has a lot of familiarity in the offense. Seems to be able to find ways to get open, even though he isn't some great athlete. Um, He'll be a solid wide receiver four, maybe even wide receiver three. Uh, We'll see. He'll have some competition. He'll make the roster. Um, he's going to be competing somewhere in that 3-4-5 range with Schwartz, with Donovan Peoples-Jones. Just give some good competition, give Baker the target he likes, have him back for another year. Malcolm Smith, one year, $1.21 million deal. Bring back an experienced linebacker, played Will for us last year. Not going to want to start him at Will with, uh, with the Jeremiah Usakoromoas draft selection, but we get him in, backup guy, veteran presence. Um, there's a chance he doesn't make a team, but it's very, very low, I would say, because you got Walker, you have, uh, Sione Takitaki, you have Jacob Phillips, you have Jeremiah Wusakoromoa, and then the possibility of him is if we only carry five linebackers, there being Tony Fields. Another player we did resign, Elijah Lee, very good special teams contributor, going to be competing again for those last spots, probably going to carry six, but... You never know with Malcolm Smith, Elijah Lee, 
Tony Fields, I would most certainly only see two of those guys making the active roster here. I can't see the Browns carrying seven linebackers on an active roster. I just do not see that as likely. So, A, you throw him on your practice squad. He's been with the team. Good special teams guy. Someone gets injured. He's been there a while. He can fill in well. Um, JoJo Natson, one-year deal. I don't think he's going to make the active roster. Um, we went over it before, but Cody Parkey, one-year, $1.21 million deal. Probably going to be a starting kicker unless something weird happens where he loses it out to Chase McLaughlin. Uh, tendered guys, we tendered Kaderil Hodge. I would expect him to be our wide receiver six. Um, probably be the last wide receiver to make the roster. Um, might not even be active all the time. Um, but it'll be active whenever there's an injury. Might be active for games even without that. So just a solid depth piece, depth piece there for us. Uh, Porter Gustin, backup, rotation, DN. DN 4-5, probably. Probably 5, preferably. You'll have Curtis Weaver above him, hopefully. Um, they like him. Very athletic kid. Former 5-star. Uh Hopefully contributes on special teams, makes the active roster here. Steven Carlson, tight end four. Doubt they'll carry four tight ends with them carrying a fullback. Um, but you never know. But, hey, if he's on your practice squad, very, very dependable guy. He produced for us in the past on the active roster before we got Hooper, before we got uh, Bryant, when it was just Njoku and Joku was out. He stepped in. Produced well for us, him, Ricky Seals-Jones, you guys all remember that. Very, very fun, if you want to call it fun, tight end room we had there. Um, he produced solidly. Very, very good backup tight end. Um, going to be tight end four. Like I said, I doubt he makes the active roster, but as a practice squad guy, if he doesn't get claimed by anyone, um, very, very productive backup for us. A lot of experience playing, so very, very good reason. Uh, re-signing there. Last but definitely not least, we get to talk about the draft. Get to talk about a very, very good draft for the Browns. The Browns made a lot of picks. Got uh, one future asset for next next year. Um, I would say very overall good draft. couple guys where you're not getting great value, but you're getting appropriate value for Filled in roles that they need filled in, but didn't reach for those roles. Um, we'll talk about first start with the first pick at 26. Greg Newsom, the second corner out Northwestern. Versatile corner can do a variety of schemes, which the Browns last year, Underwoods, wanted to do a whole lot of coverages. They wanted to do some quarters, wanted to do cover three, cover two. Man, they wanted to do a little bit of everything. So, Newsom is a guy that can go out and he can do that. Of the corners... Um, Farley was probably more versatile, but outside of that, he was probably the second most versatile corner in the draft. Um, got him as fourth corner off the board. Um, has had health concerns. Um, last year was a shortened season, really. is only fully healthy season. Um, Browns have Greedy Williams, who's a, another very talented player. But he just hasn't been healthy at all. At least Newsom, he's been healthy. He's been hurt a lot, missed some time. But he hasn't missed full seasons. 
Um, you're hoping that he his health can pick up. He's the reason why earlier I talked about wanting to get another that fourth corner, a very veteran corner, outside corner option, um, because you have Greedy, you have Greg Newsom, you have Denzel Ward, all guys that miss time. Um, Greg Newsom, probably right in the middle there. He he's missed probably the second most time. Greedy's obviously missed so much time. He's barely played for the Browns since they drafted him. Denzel misses a few games a year, no big deal. But with two guys that you are concerned about their health. You do want to get in that second that uh, second backup, that corner four. Um, then in the second round, we have Jeremiah Wusukoromoa, JOK Joker. Call him whatever you want. He don't care. Linebacker, safety hybrid. Plays a lot in nickel. Out of Notre Dame. Picked him at 52. Browns went to draft at 59. They trade 59 and 89 for 52 and 113. Went up, got a player that was falling due to his health conditions. He had a heart condition found during medicals. Found that. Force him to fall. Easily a first-round talent. Easily a first-round talent. If he's had the health, if the health isn't an issue, this is an absolute steal. Versatile player. Going to be lining up at will. Going to be lining up as the nickel defender. Gives them a lot of versatility in sub package, sub packages, and like I said, just an extremely talented player. Good cover guy. Going, his biggest weakness is stacking blocks. No big deal. That's it's an important thing, but it's probably what the Browns were least concerned about. Um, they they care more about the coverage aspect. That's what he provides. Um. No law Browns fans last year. One Isaiah Simmons if he was there at ten. We got Jedrick Wills, bear player, so far into this career. I like I liked Isaiah Simmons a lot. I would have still picked Jedrick Wills. We need the tackle. Tackle's more important position. But Isaiah Simmons, we get a lot of that same stuff. We get that versatility. Simmons, bigger guy. Get it. Maybe even more athletic. He is an athletic freak at a much two hundred forty pounds. But we get a nice 210, 215, box safety type, can play a little will, play a little nickel, play a little all over the place guy. That same versatility factor that everyone was clamoring for. We get it now. A little bit smaller package. Has the heart conditions. But that is not a guy that you can ever get at 52. There is no reason, even with the heart conditions, unless it turns out that he just can't play football. Even if he can only play for three, four years, does not matter. There's no reason a guy of this talent and this caliber should be available at 52. Browns went up and they got their guy. At 91 in third round, pick Anthony Schwartz. Absolute burner. National champion, 100-meter runner in high school. Set the boys' world record. Still holds it to this day. 10.15 seconds. Set it at the age of 16. 16, running at 10.15. 10.15. I don't know how many times I'm going to repeat that because that is fast. That is fastest player in the NFL fast. Schwartz, good deep threat, provides versatility. We're going to get him running a lot of jets. Jet motion, jet sweeps, going to get him out on the, to the perimeter running ball. Our, our wide receivers have to block. Our wide receivers block in our offense. So... We're going to get him on jet. We're going to get him running to receivers. Those receivers are going to make their blocks. And we are going to get splash plays with a technically it's a pass. Because 
go, ball goes forward. But it's pretty much a run. Going to get splash plays with a run. He's going to be a splash play player. He isn't a finished product. Needs to improve route running. Needs to improve a lot of that sort of stuff. The mental aspect of the game. But he isn't just this burner that has no hands. He isn't a bad hands, can't catch anything. He'll have his drops here and there. But he does have natural hands. He is good at catching football. He is a football player. He's a football player that is good at track. A lot of these speed guys that you get are track stars who play football because there's the money in football and they're fast. Anthony Schwartz is a football player who is fast and good enough at track to be in track. He'll be competing wide receiver three, wide receiver four, wide receiver five, probably starting out at five. Hopefully work his way up. He's going to need to block as well. It's going to be something he's going to need to do. He's going to be in there competing with Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was a great six-round pick last year. Going to compete with those guys, all very talented guys, to get those reps. He's going to provide something that the other guys don't. Peoples-Jones does provide a bit as a deep threat, but it's more as a vertical go-jump ball guy. Schwartz is more of a run-past, just get-by-the-guy deep threat. Um, so that'll be a good competition. We have good depth there. Um, hopefully one of them can start to hit a little bit, maybe get up to that wide receiver too, because next year, almost certainly, we're not going to have, uh, Jarvis Landry. We say 15 million against the cap if we cut him next year. We need one of these guys to step it up and show that they can be that wide receiver two option. Or we're going to have to draft a guy again. At 110 in the fourth round, Brown selected James Hudson, the third offensive tackle out of Cincinnati. Hudson is a really good developmental tackle. I want to reiterate this multiple times here. Hudson is a really, really good developmental tackle. I would not have selected him at 110 might be asking yourself, well, if you like him as a developmental tackle, fourth round is day three. You're not expecting a starter. Why wouldn't you have selected him there? Well, because there are guys that I feel could be starters still, starting defenders that were still on the board. Jamar Johnson, safety out of Indiana. Thought, thought very highly of him. He was who I thought was possibly even the best player there coming into day four. I meant day three, fourth round. He fell even farther. We could have got him later, um, but he fell. And we had the opportunity again. Ortavia Nixon, David Nixon, I get why we didn't pick him. Off-field issues, motor issues, very inconsistent guy. Um... That's an understandable passing. It's the Jamar Johnson. I'm going to harp on this. I think he's a very, very good player. I think that's going to be the biggest regret of the draft is passing on Jamar Johnson. We got a good safety later in LeCount. But he just, I think Jamar Johnson is just that much better. Where We're going to regret passing on him. I think with Jamar Johnson, we would have four starting caliber safeties, which is insane. Um... Hudson, high end backup this year. Um, 
what you hope, I guess, the hope would be Bill Callahan teaches him up. Under Callahan's tutelage, you trust the Browns to develop Hudson into, at minimum, a solid swing tackle. He's not even going to have to do that this year with Hubbard still here. But you hope, high-end outcome, he can replace Conklin. Conklin becomes a cap casualty. We're going to have cap casualties coming in to the future. It's going to happen. You develop guys that you think can develop, so that way you don't have to worry about those cap casualties in the future. So, Browns have Mayfield, Ward, Taylor, Chubb, all need extensions. We said it before. All of them need extensions. You might not be able to extend everyone if you try to keep everyone. So, you're probably going to have to make some cap casualties. And you draft this guy, Hudson, hoping that he can develop into the eventual replacement there at right tackle. Um, they traded pick 113 that they picked up in that deal to go get Owusu-Koromo, they swapped 89 for 113. They trade 113 and 257 for 153 and a 2022 fourth. Uh, you get decent assets. It's not a great return um, in total if you include the 89, but we are going up and getting a first-round caliber player, so it's probably worth it. The trade itself, I personally think, is a good trade. 113 for 153 and next year's fourth. Um, teams are valuing next year's draft picks more than this year's draft pick because there's more certainty. There's um, going to be less uh, uncertainty around the process. You're going to have a normal combine. You're going to have normal games. You're going to have scouts on the road. All this stuff that normally happens didn't happen this year. We're going to get back to next year. So there's more certainty in that. So the Browns pick up an asset for next year, a decent asset. They've shown the ability to get guys on day three that can contribute, and they pick up a NARP draft pick next year to try it again. At 132, Tommy Togiai, very, very good player, was one of the best defenders going into day three left. Stout, stout run defender, undersized, but can play one tech. You probably don't want him as a three tech. Can't really pass rush much. Um, All he's got is a bull rush. Um, High motor guy, though. Valuable rotation guy, long term. Um... Maybe starts, maybe as a rotation guy in the future. You don't know, but you get the guy, can be Billings backup now. You see how he works out. If he works out really well, you don't have to worry about re-signing Billings. You draft another guy to be a backup. If he doesn't work out really well, you re-sign Billings, or you draft a higher caliber prospect to be that starter there. But either way, he's going to be a contributing player for the Browns this year. 153, Browns draft Tony Fields. The second linebacker safety hybrid out West Virginia. Heard that linebacker safety hybrid earlier with JOK, Jeremiah Sikoramo. Well, you get the budget version of him right here in the fifth round. They drafted JOK with a plan. They have a plan to use him. You can use Tony Fields in a lot of those same ways. Now, is he as good? Obviously not. One was a first-round talent, one the second due to health. One win in the fifth round and was not a steal. He was appropriate value. But what you get is you get former college safety, good coverage instincts, many same strengths and weaknesses as JOK. Going to be elite on special teams. Very, very good athlete. He's going to be able to contribute right away. I think he makes the roster here, which you would hope out of your fifth round pick. But with how good the Browns depth is right now, it's not necessarily a guarantee. 
But I think he makes a roster over Elijah Lee, maybe even over Malcolm Smith. Um, think he can play, get on the field in sub-packages maybe, but special teams contributor right now will be a solid backup. Um, next, at 169, uh, Browns selected Richard LeCount, safety out of Georgia. LeCount tested terribly. It's one of the reasons why he fell here. But tracking data was good. He had an injury when he was testing. His athleticism is better than what his testing numbers would indicate. He fell. Brown scooped him up. He's very versatile guy. Can play up high. Can play as a nickel. He's going to give you that versatility. Probably a split zone defender is preferred. Um, fourth safety. Solid contributor. Going to have to play, provide some value as a special teams player. It's a very, very common tread here. Day three guys have to contribute on special teams. It's how they get on the active roster. Going to have to get used to it. This isn't days of drafting a guy in the fifth round and saying, hey, he's going to compete for a starting role. It's not going to work out that way. We are too good for that now. So we get a guy. Rotation for safety. Special teams contributor. All right, good value here. Like I said, I love Jamar Johnson. He was gone by then. So they get good value pick. And hopefully he can contribute as a rotation guy. If not, he's going to have to be a special teams guy. Probably both. Um, their last pick of draft, 211 overall, sixth round, get Demetric Felton, running back, wide receiver out of UCLA, Tested poorly, has shown a lot better athleticism on tape. Provides versatility as both. Um, What he's listed at with the Browns, we'll see. Um, Browns now have Kareem Hunt, who can do that same stuff. Line up as a slot, line up in the backfield. Browns have guys that they want that versatility, be able to do anything on any play. Everybody on the team now. Anthony Schwartz, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, Kareem Hunt, Demetric Felton. All these guys, uh, Harrison Ryan, can line up multiple spots, can do multiple things. You can jet all those receivers. Those receivers can all throw the ball too. They can all catch, obviously, their receivers. With Felton and Hunt, you get guys that are, they can play in the backfield. They can line up out in the slot. Chubb, don't get that versatility. Chubb's also a, at least a top three running back in the NFL. So you don't necessarily need the uh, versatility with him. But you get guys that are all versatile players, work well together, do a lot of things. Harrison Bryant lines up at fullback, tight end. You have Janovich, fullback, can come in, be a valuable guy as a run out into the flat, check down guy. He can do that. Now let's go into UDFAs. Um, got five guys, I believe. Um, Trey Harbison, Harbison from uh, Charlotte, running back. Um, oh, one last thing on Felton. Going to have to compete with uh, Johnson to make the active roster for the wide receiver uh, for the running back three. Going to have to be a special teams contributor as well. Um, maybe they carry four if he does contribute a lot on special teams. We'll have to see. Um, 
they're going to have to make some decisions in terms of there's a lot of good skill position players. Someone's going to have to be on the practice squad. Um, we'll see who it is. Um, so Harbison, Al Charlotte running back, doubt he makes a team. Um, camp camp guy, uh, Romeo McKnight, our Charlotte player. Uh, both those are transfers, I believe. Both played in the Big Ten before, so they do have that high caliber pedigree. Um, doubt either of them make team. Emmanuel Rugamba, corner out Miami. Wouldn't shock me if he makes the practice squad. He's the one practice squad guy out of these four here um, that I'm going to talk about first. And then Keandre Thomas, corner out Kansas State. Um, like I said, I think Rugamba has a good shot at making practice squad. Unsure. I have not watched uh, any of Thomas or Harbison. Watch very little McKnight. Um, Martin Wilson, defense tackle Florida State. That's a big UDFA. They paid him a lot of money, gave him guaranteed money. Projected to be a first-round pick going into the season. Fell. Inconsistent motor. Inconsistent production. Injury concerns. No pass rush. Probably a two-down player. But he still should have been drafted day three. He fell. Browns getting an absolute steal, getting him an undrafted free agency. Going to be probably an active roster guy as an undrafted free agent. Probably going to be that fifth tackle behind Togiai, behind Billings, behind um, Jackson, and I'm forgetting someone. But who cares? He'll probably be the fifth tackle. Um, so very valuable player there we got. Good value. And... That's going to be it for us today. Um, We'll see you back next week for the second episode of Fired Up Browns. It's going to be a fun journey with us. You can uh, follow us at at Fired Up Podcast on Twitter. You can follow me at Daniel R. Garrett on Twitter. Um, Be writing a little bit for Around the Block and Draft Right. Um, So I'll tweet out any links to those articles. Um... You can also catch me on Fired Up NFL Draft, which will be releasing here at the same time as this. So look for that if you want to learn a little bit about the NFL Draft upcoming. We'll be talking about uh, edge rushers. It's going to be a two-part podcast. We're, we'll release the first part at the same time as this one. Talk to you next week.